How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hi. Good morning and welcome. Hour number four begins. Nine o'clock stretch. Oh, yeah, that feels good. It is 9.06 time check. Brought to you by Hayes Jewelers, where the answer is always... Yes, thanks for tuning in to the Bob Rose Show. And we've got a special guest right now. He's the Commissioner of Agriculture here in the Sunshine State. We've talked to him before, and we welcome him back. Wilton Simpson, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I have to ask you right off the bat, something that impacts us all the time is like, what in the world's going on with the cost of eggs? I think we have some understanding of why, they, why they've gone up. But shouldn't they be coming down by now? What's the issue now? No, that's a very good point, Bob. And what's happening is, and it's the avian flu, which everyone has heard about, is, is wiped out more than 50 million chickens across the country in the last 12 months. And um, it's naturally recurring, obviously, in our environment. And, um, and it's something that we're trying to protect our food supply from. The, the price of eggs um, on the spot market is coming down, so you'll start seeing relief in the grocery stores very soon. And uh, but the avian flu is what is is driving this crisis, and obviously we have to be more vigilant. What I always say, and what everybody should take from this, is we are going to have natural catastrophes in the egg business. This is our hurricane, right? This is um, a naturally occurring thing we cannot um, prevent, um, and we can work with, and we can, and hopefully have less episodes in the future. But it's certainly something that's naturally occurring. What we have to make sure as a state and as a Department of Agriculture that we're doing is making sure that we're not adding additional burdens onto the backs of these farmers um, so that they can overcome, you know, this 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 disaster of avian flu within the egg business. Yeah, because I thought chickens reproduce at a, uh, a pretty swift rate. I would have thought we would have been out of the woods on this by now. But you're well, are you saying the avian flu is still circulating around? It, it is still – that's the problem. I'm glad you cleared that point up, Bob. So, yeah, so what happened was is we thought we had it contained probably several months ago, and then even in the last month we've lost another four or five million birds in the Midwest. And so we're – and in Europe there was a stint uh, – they told me that it was a three-year stint one time, which is unheard of in the United States. Normally we have a one-year um, challenge, and then it um, goes away, right? Then we, we can prevent it, and, it'll, and normally about once a decade you have an event like this. And normally it's lesser extent and fewer birds, so you don't see the effect like you have this time. And um, But, yeah, our challenge is this could take us another year to get completely behind us. And, and obviously we're um, working very hard to make that happen. And But, but there are signs that things have stabilized. But when this um, avian flu is more dominant is in the wintertime, 
So we're going to know in the next three or four months um, how good of a job we've done of preventing it from the spread and throughout our other commercial laying operations. Yeah, it's a look, uh, it's very concerning because if it's naturally occurring, there's not a lot of control we can assert over it. So it makes me question how vulnerable, you know, is our food supply in general? Well, it, it's very vulnerable, Bob. And, and, and with eggs, um, when you think about the, this is a naturally occurring uh, flu that, and, and you have geese and other migratory birds coming down from Canada that are carriers of this um, disease and virus. And so it, it can happen. And, and a big point is on this, you know, food being a national security issue is, is, again, our farmers have to do a better job of making sure they are deconning their employees in and out of those facilities, making sure that they're completely clean as they go in and then change before they go home or come back. So we as farmers will have to do a better job also. And, um, and then, of course, migratory birds, you can't prevent it. So you have to prevent them from getting around your birds, right? You have to have a, a egg house, these layer houses that are fully contained. And I know some folks will say, well, what about the free roaming birds and, and cage free and things of that nature? Anytime wild birds can come and get within your bird cage or your, your facility, you are susceptible um, to avian flu. And, um, and, and of course, you're, if one bird in a commercial flock gets avian flu within five days that farm will be depopulated and um and so there's nothing you can do to prevent that and so that's those are the that's what we're dealing with we're dealing um with you know our egg suppliers to make sure that they are doing all they can to prevent an outbreak and the biggest thing we can do is make sure the general public knows if you have sick animals to please contact your department of agriculture or your local ifas extension office and let them take a look at them um, so that we can uh, make sure that we're preventing the spread of these types of, um, you know, diseases. Because we're very vulnerable, right? If we lost another 10 or 15 million birds in the next 30 days, I, I'm not sure what the price of eggs would go to, but it's clearly they would go up substantially. Wow. Yeah, that's very concerning. Now, uh, the citrus industry is huge uh, in Florida. It's a, a, one of our biggest ag uh, exports, obviously. Um, I know we've had some issues on that crop as well. Uh, where does citrus stand now in Florida? You know, we're, we are putting together a very aggressive program. Hurricane Ian wiped out about 80% of the fruit that was on the trees um, in its path. And it also um, eliminated a lot of those groves, right? We had a lot of trees that were uprooted completely. And so your state of Florida has been putting several million dollars a year into a program called the Craft Program. And that's where we go in and help support farmers replanting of trees. And obviously, we're experimenting with different rootstocks that are being um, um, brought forth through IFAS and, and other um, systems, different trees, trying to have a HLB-resistant tree. And so our goal is this year is to ramp that up to, um, you know, between maybe 30 and $50 million so that we would have a very large replant. And, of course, a lot of that planting is going to happen in South Florida exactly where Ian went through, um, and that's what we're hoping to work with the legislature on this year. I know they're very receptive. They understand that we are. This is one of those things that over the years, the more government regulatory structure you have, and then you have a hurricane come through and you've got HLB, we can't prevent HLB. We cannot prevent um, um, hurricanes, but what we can do is prevent government from putting additional burdens on those facts. And now we're in a position where we're going to, I believe, have to come back um, and work with industry to replant. 
And because farmers are famous for having a lot of land in some cases, but they're also famous for not having a lot of um, capital, a lot of cash. And um, we're going to have to do a good job of the state if we want this iconic, um, you know, fruit to come back and major, you know, not only for our food supply here in the state, in the United States, but, you know, around the world. Well, with the amazing amount of population growth that Florida has seen, um, you're going to be competing. Farmers are going to have to make some decisions um, because their land's going to be encroached upon, and uh, developers, et cetera, uh, as the value climbs, are going to make offers to farmers, and we're going to see some farms, I would think, disappear, correct? You're, not only will they disappear, the more burden that is put on farmers by um, you know, the regulatory structure throughout the state, the EPA, the United States, the FDA. And then when you're in a state like Florida that's growing a thousand or more people a day and home prices are, you know, skyrocketing and, and of course they're encroaching on these farms, the farmer has to make a real decision. Do I go back into a business where, you know, we're, we're really burdened with a lot of regulatory structure? You know, we have hurricanes that'll wipe us out every, you know, 10 years. We have, you know, the encroachment from the general public and or am I going to sell this land and, you know, move somewhere where there's fewer people? And and in farmers, it's you know, I always bet on the American farmer. I always bet on the um, Florida farmer. But the realities are is um, at some point it comes it becomes cost prohibitive to do these things. And citrus could be a good example of that. But I do believe with the aggressive programs we did last year in the citrus industry and what we're doing this year, that we will have a major replant. I believe we're on the verge of having a tree that may be resistant to HLB. I know that in places like Dundee and around that area of the state, they're doing a cup program um, with citrus under um, cover. And so we've got a lot of things that we're doing within our citrus industry to make sure we continue to produce it. And the Department of Agriculture in the state of Florida is going to um, do its part and um, and hopefully this will get revived because we need this iconic fruit for all the reasons you said. If you're talking about urban sprawl, can you imagine if we lose the, you know, the, when we have, we're losing more and more of it every year, um, the amount of development that will come into those areas. And um, so we, we need this in agricultural lands. A lot of these lands are a major aquifer recharge. It's our wildlife corridor. It really is a way of life here in the state of Florida, and this is what we – it's bigger than just citrus. Citrus is a major food source and uh, a major economic driver to this state, but it also um, includes all those other um, benefits, which is, you know, I always say this, Florida's, Florida's farmers, farmers are the first environmentalists, and um, this is a big part of that. You talked about, uh, you know, the ability to recharge the aquifer, et cetera. Um, is that why you want to expand wildlife uh, conservation areas? Yeah, so that's perfect. Yeah, the wildlife corridor is something I'm going to be presenting in front of two committees actually today in the Florida House on this. The wildlife corridor has many um, good traits. First of all, we, we call it the wildlife corridor because our wildlife um, uses this area to go from anywhere from the Keys to Pensacola. And if you want to know what the wildlife corridor is, if you're listening, if you look at a map of the state of Florida at nighttime and you see all the lights lit up, you'll see a, a large, every city has obviously is a big bright spot on that map. Everywhere it's dark on that map, um, that's the wildlife corridor. And, um, and the good part about what we do in the Department of Agriculture with the Rural Family Lands Act is we buy the development rights from farmers which leaves that land in private ownership, which means they maintain that land, they can continue to farm on that land, and that land stays on the tax rolls for supporting its local county. 
It also allows um, for the um, wildlife um, to move about the state, um, as they always have. And it's the major water recharge to the entire state. So when you think about the environmental benefits, when you think about our food supply and the national security issue that food supply is, um, then the wildlife corridor encompasses all of those um, opportunities to, to make a better Florida. Well, Commissioner, we also quickly, because we're running out of time, just want to thank you for uh, uh, your help with Moffitt uh, Cancer Center, which, you know, uh, my daughter just happens to work for. But I noticed that uh, uh, you have uh, given quite a bit to to them, and I know they appreciate it. Well, Moffitt is going to be transformative, not only in the state of Florida. um, They're building a new campus there in um, central Pasco County, and it's going to be a major research hub. Um, It's going to rival any cancer research facility in the world and so it's going to tra- it's going to create thousands of jobs it's going to be a major economic driver there but what it's going to do that's so special is prevent how many deaths a year right tens of thousands potentially within a few years and the quality of life that people have because of Moffitt and the quality of uh, you know time spent with their loved ones and families is going to be is going to be transformative and we're very very proud to be a part of that well and thank you for your time florida commissioner of agriculture wilton simpson we look forward to hearing from you again soon take care thank you sir all right wilton simpson commissioner of ag on the bob rose show appreciate that very important ag is huge but you probably already know that Did you know that they found documents at Mike Pence's Indiana home? What is going on here? We'll talk about that and more. It's coming up on News Talk 97.3 The Sky. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 
Toyota. Let's go places.